So this is the last Sunday where we are finishing a series titled Wreck the Roof. And in this series, it's, it's all about uh, bringing people to Jesus Christ. The first week we heard about four people who tore uh, a hole in the roof to lower a paralyzed man who was laying on a mat and they wanted to get him to Jesus Christ. It was an act of love. They were compelled by love to help their friend out. That's why we're wrecking roofs. We wreck roofs to make disciples of Jesus Christ. This week we're going to learn about what keeps us focused on the mission. So this week I came across uh, some products that were really bad choices by companies to make. Decisions. Companies made that did not really work out well and they failed miserably. I'll share a few with you this morning. First was Colgate beef lasagna. This product was made in 1982. It was entered into the Museum of Great Failures. You can't get it today. But people probably couldn't get this image out of their mind. Lasagna toothpaste. Colgate should just stick with toothpaste, right? The next one, the product that failed miserably, was Cheetos lip balm. Can you imagine that? Lip balm that tastes like Cheetos. Wives, if your husbands love Cheetos, then bathe your lips in it, by all means. The next one was Coors Sparkling Water. The water people thought it was beer. The beer people thought it was water. It didn't work out. These all failed because the companies, they're getting away from their original purpose. From what they do well. They lost focus. That's why companies have mission statements to keep the main thing the main thing. Consider the first mission statement of this well-known university. To be plainly instructed and to consider well that main end of your life and the studies is to know God and Jesus Christ. Folks, this, this university was founded in 1636. The university employed Christian professors and they emphasized character formation for its students above all else. They placed a strong emphasis on equipping ministers to share the good news. You probably have heard of this school. It's not Asbury College. It's not Liberty University. It was Harvard. Harvard University's first mission statement. I'd say they got off track. And when companies, especially churches, operate outside their primary mission, bad things can happen. They can begin to drift from their purpose. You get Colgate beef lasagna. Jesus told us his mission statement, my friends. Luke 19.10. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. He is searching for the lost in order to save them. To save them from sin, from death. To give them abundant life, eternal life. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why he said for us to go and to baptize people from all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's his primary mission, and we can't lose our focus from that. 
This is why we wreck roofs. What's the one thing we, that helps us keep our mission focus on Jesus' mission? Acts 13 shows us. Acts is a book about the early church and what they did in mission for Jesus. In chapter 13, we see the Apostle Paul on a missionary journey to Antioch, which is modern-day Turkey. Paul and Barnabas were commissioned to take the gospel not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And when Paul would go to a new city, he always went to the synagogue. And in Acts 13, he preaches a message about how the Old Testament culminates in to Jesus Christ. So we're going to pick up uh, in Acts 13, about halfway through Paul's sermon. This was in our Bible reading plan this past week, the very first day. He's going to preach the gospel, and then he's going to call out the one thing that the early church did to wreck roofs. So after going through this scripture, we're going to leave with just one application today. It'll draw you closer to Jesus if you aren't there. It'll bring life to the fullest, full the, the fullness that God desires for you. And it'll help you immediately this week to keep you calibrated on the primary mission that you are called to do. Let's dive in. Let's take a look at Acts 13, 26 through 31. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as one of the prophets, the one prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophets' words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they, had done all, when they had done all the prophecies said about them, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. Did you catch it? Paul says everything hinges on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then our faith is futile, my friends. I remember when I was in seminary at Asbury, and the professor asked, what if they found the bones of Jesus? There were all kinds of answers. The professor finally said at the end, if the bones of Jesus were found, we should shut down churches and this seminary, for we are lost in sin and do not have eternal life. So if you're investigating everything about Jesus, it boils down to the resurrection, my friends. And that's what Paul preaches to these folks. Did he rise from the grave? If he did, you should submit everything to his reign because he's the victor of eternal life. But if he didn't raise from the dead, rise from the grave, then nothing he said matters anymore. Paul said that he did. And there were people who saw him. Let's continue with Paul's sermon. Acts 13, 32-33a. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise that was made to our ancestors. And God has now fulfilled it for us. Their descendants by raising Jesus. Again, he reiterates the raising of Jesus Christ. 
For centuries, people longed for a Messiah. They looked for a Messiah to save them. Paul is saying that the, the Messiah is now, his name is Jesus Christ. And we're on the best side of history, my friends, because we live on this side of the resurrection. Let's look at Acts 13, 34a. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot. We're without, without Christ risen. Promises of eternal life are not there. For you, Christian, every time you drive past a cemetery or a funeral home or attend a funeral, yes, death is a great mystery, but it also should make you smile because it's not the end of our story. It's not the end of your story. And we'll see our loved ones who have gone before us in heaven, eternal with him, because he was first born from the dead. Acts 13, 38. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. It's all about the grace of God and having our lives experience the incredible forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Acts 13, 39. Paul says, Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight. Something the law of Moses could never do. It all boils down to our belief that we are made in good standing with God. It's not through some law. We can't earn our righteousness. Not anything that we can do. It's through belief in Jesus Christ. I could just picture Paul smiling and bursting at the seams as he's proclaiming this. Hey, I'm the first person that gets to tell you this stuff, folks. We have a hope. We can be in relationship with God forever through belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at Acts 13, 42 through 43. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. And the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Paul preached an awesome sermon so much that they begged them to stay and continue to offer these words of hope. And if you, have, uh, if, if you don't have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, this is why Anderson Hills wrecks roofs. This is why we proclaim the good news time and time again from this pulpit each week. Acts 13, 44 through 45. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear, uh, hear them preach the word of the Lord. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. So not all the Jews believed and loved what Paul was preaching. These are the Jews who rejected Jesus. They're in total opposition, and they're offended by Paul's message about Jesus. So they're jealous, and they begin to say some pretty mean stuff about Paul. Acts 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke, spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews, but since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we'll offer it to the Gentiles. Meaning, if you don't want it, we're not going to give it to you. This is fulfilling what God said about Paul's ministry. He said that he's my chosen light to carry the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. And it's happening right here, my friends. 
In Acts 13, 48 and 49, it says, When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad, and they thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout all of that region. Paul preached it. Roofs were wrecked. People heard the word of the Lord. They responded. That's what we want to happen here uh, at Anderson Hills. That's what we want to happen through you. Let me get more personal. The reason why we wreck roofs is for your dad who is possibly struggling with a life of faith or with a life of doubt. And maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home and you were always hoping that a bottle wouldn't be smashed against the wall in anger. And you found hope and you desperately want your dad to experience forgiveness and hope and find freedom in Jesus Christ. And the reason why we wreck roofs is for your daughter or your granddaughter. Maybe she's being pulled into a negative self-view. And you deeply desire for her to walk in truth and in freedom in Jesus Christ as a beloved child of God. So how do we have people experience that? Did you catch the hints that Paul was sending our way? Acts 13, 44. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. In Acts 13, 46a, 46a, then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, it was necessary that we preach the word of God to you Jews. In Acts 13, 49, so the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Acts Chapter 13 is trying to communicate us to us that the foundation of the spreading of the gospel is a dedication to God's word. Review Acts. Acts chapter 2, the pillar of all the teaching of the apostles was found in the word of God. In Acts 13, it was all about Paul proclaiming and preaching the word of God. Paul preached the word of God, and for some reason, people's roofs were wrecked. It was all about the word of God. So what we have to do is be in this Word of God to keep us focused on the mission. I like data. And the Center for uh, Biblical Engagement did a study to see what fruit comes from God's Word just being read four times a week. Look at this. Drinking in excess will go down 62%. Viewing pornography will go down 59%. Having sex outside of marriage will go down 59%. Lashing out in anger, 31%. People struggle with these things. And there's a way to combat it, combat these vices. If you go and read God's word, the percentages will go down. There's more. Reading the Bible four times per week, gossiping goes down 28%. Neglecting, neglecting family goes down 26%. Overeating goes down 20%. Feeling bitter goes down 40%. Self-destructive thinking goes down 32%. Abiding in God's word does amazing things for you, my friends. It's antiseptic. It's antiseptic for your day. What if you read the Bible seven times a day, 365? I can't imagine what these percentages would be if we dug into the word for a whole week. And here's the last staggering piece of data. Reading the Bible four times a week Sharing your faith goes up 226%. You become an influencer of others when you read God's word. I know it sounds so simple, but it is so true, my friends. 
And sometimes uh, something so simple saves people. There's an illustration of this. Here's a fact about the B-17, which was a very important airplane in the Allies' uh, victory in World War II. But it almost wasn't mass-produced because the first test flight crashed, killing all three pilots aboard. There was a big investigation. The design people thought that they designed it right. The production people thought that they produced it correctly. It turned out, after a bunch of intense meetings, the pilots did not complete one very basic, simple task before takeoff. The captain had left the elevator lock on so the plane didn't respond to pitch control. So the future of Boeing hung, hung in balance when they came up with a very, very revolutionary thing at the time. They wrote the first pre-flight checklist. A series of, of simple tasks, if it was performed correctly, would ensure the safe takeoff of the airplane. I like this story because I'm glad pre-flight check checklists are out there, aren't you? Because my one goal, I want to get somewhere without crashing. I want to get safe to my destination. It was something so simple, just to release a lock. These guys were pilots, very smart people. But they forced them to use a basic, basic checklist from then on. You know, I wasn't there, <laughs> but if, if they gave uh, a very basic thing to a brilliant person, they might get annoyed, <laughs> maybe insulted. Oh, Captain Mikey needs a, needs a pre-flight checklist. <laughs> but they found out that if you want to accomplish a great mission, it starts by doing something very, very simple, my friends. It's not, all, it's not always something important or grand that you need to do. Evangelism explodes when you simply stay focused and dedicated to the Word of God. We can read the Bible anywhere, especially on our phones. Looking up our Bible reading plan and digging into God's Word in every translation, unimaginable. That's how we wreck roofs. You see, the Scriptures point to Jesus. It's how we meet Him and how He ministers to us. If you're angry, peace lies in this book. If you're anxious, calm lies in this book. If you're struggling in your marriage, the way, path to sacrificial love lies in this book. If you're lost and aimless, purpose lies in this book. If you're confused, direction lies in this book, my friends. If you're a sinner, salvation and forgiveness are offered in this book. We have an amazing Bible reading plan. We can all read it together as a congregation. Can you imagine that? You and I are reading the same scriptures together every week. Did you see this past Tuesday's uh, Bible reading plan scripture? Powerful stuff about God's Word. Look at it. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Maturation. maturation. The Bible, God's revealed word, providing revelation about God's self. The Bible, the authority of our teaching, the pathway to growth and good works in our lives. The Bible, sufficient in directing us in salvation and becoming disciples of Jesus Christ, providing us comfort, support, uh, promises, and hope that we need daily, my friends. We can be trained in doing what is right in our relationships and sharing our faith. And once we open uh, the scriptures, the refreshment of heaven comes down and is poured upon us. It pours blessings and strength. And that others will see in our thoughts and our words and our actions. Scripture put it, puts it this way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To understand Scripture, our hearts are open to receive the grace of God in a very profound way and also be extenders of the grace of God to others. The Bible is the primary channel through which God's grace comes to us. You see why it's so important for us to be in the Word together, to be committed. Like I said, next week John's going to be sharing a vision, a God-given vision for Anderson Hills. And as we round third and head for home on that, on that uh, two-week series, may we commit our lives to the ABCs of just reading God's Word each day. Will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you. We thank you for your Word. How it helps guide our steps each day. Where we place each step to walk on the human journey. May we remember uh, Paul's charge to Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, to carry out ministry fully. May we, our faith be renewed and enriched by the gift of Scripture. As we witness uh, worship and, and reading and singing and experiencing powerful sermons, God, may we impart that which we learn, the nourishment which we receive to others. May we keep our focus each day upon the word together bless each household represented here and may they live out the legacy being founded in the word of god we pray this in jesus name amen